everybody welcome to the we don't want to grow up podcast i'm pete and this is my beautiful wife and co-host stacy hey so this is our little attempt at taking you guys back to the feeling of strolling down the aisles at toys r us of flipping through the jc penny's catalog earmarking everything that you want for christmas cozying up in front of the television on a saturday morning with a big bowl of cereal or waiting for hours for a certain song to play on the radio so that you can hit record on your tape player. That feeling has definitely been a comfort and has helped us get through the stress and anxiety that comes along with everything happening in the world today. And we hope that it helps you a little bit too. Okay, so what cereal are you going to have this week? I feel like we're going to run out of them soon. (laughs) But this week it was easy because I would definitely have Smurfberry Crunch. They were the smurfiest. (laughs) The Smurfies. <laughs> I don't think I ever had Smurfies. You didn't? Crunch. No. Oh, I remember those. I remember that box. I remember the way the cereal looked. I can't even remember if I saw it in the aisle ever. Usually I can picture what the box would have looked like, but I, I don't know that I even ever saw that one. You missed out. What mm-hmm. about you? Another version of Captain Crunch? No, <laughs> uh, a different uh, line of cereal. Another chocolate cereal, though, of course. Of course. Uh, I might run out of chocolate options here soon, <laughs> but uh, this one is going to be Cocoa Krispies. Oh, yeah. Which I love. I actually just destroyed a box of them over this last week. <laughs> I love Cocoa Krispies. Is there like a real difference between Cocoa Krispies and Cocoa Pebbles? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We'll just from a, a texture. Ta- a taste test. Because I think I grew up eating Cocoa Pebbles. Really? And not Cocoa Krispies. I mean, I would have Rice Krispies. Oh, so they're like the Rice crispy texture. They are. So they'll stay like more solid for a little while where the the Flintstones one, which mm-hmm. one's that one? Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles gets like a little soggy and I love it. Yeah. They're both good though. They both end up with chocolate milk, which is great. Okay. It's been so long. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got this week? This week we are talking about the Smurfs. Yeah. Love the Smurfs. Me too. We have watched a lot of the Smurfs since the beginning of quarantine, not to date this podcast too much, but that's really what started this all. Do you, well, at this point in time that we're recording, I mean, that was like five months ago, six months ago? Yeah, six months ago, yeah. Anyway, it seems like an eternity, but do you remember that time that you were on a work call? (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to turn it down Yeah, and someone called you out, right? Yeah, they could hear in the background, they're like, is that the Smurfs? (laughs) And I'm like, wow, good ear, first of all. And yes, that is the Smurfs. We'd, we'd have it running for like a couple hours in the morning, you know, as soon as we woke up, just because we're home and why not take advantage of it? You know, It was so comforting. It was just like this light bulb went off that if we put this stuff on, everything doesn't seem as bad in the world, which is obviously like kind of our purpose of doing this podcast. But right. it's like that realization of just instantly wanting to revert back to childhood. Right. And it was it was just a comfort. It, it made us feel safe for some reason. It was uh, it was pretty remarkable what it would do every morning. Just calm us down because yeah. it, it was pretty crazy in the beginning there. It was. It was really uncertain. It was. I mean, you know, if we were going to have toilet paper and all of that. But... <laughs> yeah, the real worries started. <laughs> you're like, wow, I, I never really thought that the rush would be on toilet paper. 
Yeah. And now that's just like old news. <laughs> but is, yeah. we really took advantage of being able to work from home. Like I already worked from home, but then having you here, that was just like an added bonus of something fun that we got to do. Yeah. We need to start doing it again. I know. We've, we've we kind do. of tailed off from it, but uh, it, I loved it was that. nice. Yeah. I've just been sleeping too late lately. <laughs> <laughs> so the Smurfs. I didn't realize this, but it was originally a Belgian comic created by the artist Peo. I mm-hmm. think I'm saying that right. When he first came up with the idea of the Smurfs, he was already working on the comic series that he created called Johan and Peewit. Peewit. Johan and Peewit. <laughs> uh, this is where he first tries the Smurfs out and they became a huge hit because why wouldn't you love the Smurfs? Of course. Eventually, they got their own show, and it began airing as a Saturday morning cartoon in the U.S. in 1981, produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions. Which I love seeing that Hanna-Barbera graphic at the end of those. It just like really brings you back, and it's so nostalgic to see that particular thing. I know. I think it gave me chills the first time I saw it after all these years. So anyway, it was on until 1989, so it had nine seasons. That's crazy. Some of them with 40 episodes. Four zero. So we kind of had to do what we did with Family Ties, which this had way more episodes than that. But we had watched up until the second season. And then we just had to watch the first and last episodes of each season because there's just not enough time. Yeah, it is a ton of episodes. It's crazy how many there were. Yeah. Well, and then they got into some crazy stuff. But anyway, so the Smurfs are these blue human-like creatures who are only three apples tall. Which was new info for me. I didn't I know they were three always, apples tall. That's something I always remembered about them. So they live in these mushroom houses in the forest, which whenever I see the mushroom houses, it just makes me think of the coloring books that I had. I know that sounds weird, but like, yeah. I just remember coloring those mushrooms in the coloring books. But anyway, it's useless information. <laughs> so all the Smurfs pretty much look alike, but they have varying accessories and personalities that make them all unique and help the viewers to be able to tell everyone apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, They use the word Smurf. This is my favorite. They use it as a noun or a verb. Like, I'm going to Smurf or (laughs) I'm Smurfing to the river. Yeah. And we all knew what they meant. They love to eat sarsaparilla leaves and the berries that come from them, which are, of course, Smurf berries, which was in the cereal. But it wasn't really Smurf berries in the cereal. Just don't tell anyone else that. So is sarsaparilla a really a, a real thing? I think so. Does it actually have like berries on it? So it's like they were eating like what could potentially be a real thing? I think so. But mm. I could just be full of it. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Like I know the word sarsaparilla. Me too. I think it's real. I'm going to go with real. I'm having Anyways, a, a didn't moment. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway. And now that I think about it, though, they ate a lot of cakes and desserts mm-hmm. that Greedy would make, too. Are they made of Smurf berries? I think they make everything out of Smurf berries. That's all I ever see them harvesting. Interesting. Anyways, they lived in Smurf Village, which is kind of like a commune. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I came across, or we came across with this, there have been discussions, some joking, some serious, that the Smurfs were used as socialist, communist propaganda. So funny. Yeah. Peo I kind of see it. Yeah, you can, you can see from how their community is set up. But Peo weighed in on it, and he said he had no political motivations when making this show. And honestly, the Smurfs all work together and they don't have to have money to get things done. So in their society, it works. And I like it. Yeah. And they were just enjoying their lives together. Yeah. It would have kind of been a boring show if you didn't have like Gargamel and his antics. Yeah. They had like this little idyllic life. Right. <laughs> Sounds great to me. So this cast. I yeah. mean, what a cast. What a cast. <laughs> just 
All stars. All stars. I was going to say star after star. <laughs> you have Papa Smurf. He's the leader of the Smurf village. He's the father figure of like a hundred or so Smurfs. Yeah. He's the only one who wears the red pants and the red hat. And he has the white beard, of course. He's very wise and he knows a lot about magic and science. And he always seems to know how to get the Smurfs out of danger. He does. In the first season, he's more similar, I learned, to his character in the comics, where he tends to be a little more irritable. Oh, really? Yeah. And then later in the seasons, we see him as like the gentle, caring Papa Smurf, who always wants to do the right thing. And right. We all love. So then you have Smurfette, you know, my favorite. Of, of course. course. She's the only female Smurf to appear on the show until season five. And then she was joined by a young Smurfling called Sasset, which I did not remember. I must have stopped watching for a while there. And then later on in season eight, Nanny comes in. Smurfette was actually created by Gargamel. Yeah, I did not know that until we- The movie? Yeah, until we watched the movie. And he made her with the intention of infiltrating Smurf Village and turning the Smurfs on each other. Mm. So she started out mischievous and naughty, uh, but ended up feeling guilty and admitting that she didn't want to be evil. So Papa Smurf used a magic spell to turn her into... Smurfette. Smurfette. (laughs) (laughs) She's pretty much every other Smurf's favorite Smurf. Yeah. She's also independent and intelligent and very passionate. Very passionate. I love her. So then you have Brainy, who's Papa Smurf's apprentice. He's the intellectual one of the bunch. And the most self-centered, <laughs> even more than Vanity. Yeah. And he wears the glasses and he's usually carrying the book around. And he goes, Papa Smurf, Papa Smurf. <laughs> so you have Hefty, who's strong and brave. He's a gym rat, basically. Yeah. Today, he's probably taking mirror selfies as he works out at home. Yeah. Showing off his arm tat. <laughs> he has a tattoo on his arm with the heart and the arrow through it. He's fearless and can sometimes be a little too aggressive. It's probably the roids. <laughs> the Smurfberry roids. Roid rage. <laughs> so then you have Handy. He's the mechanic, the village handyman who designs um, a lot of inventions. And he wears white overalls and he always has that pencil behind his ear. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jokey, who's the village prankster. His main gag is, which I love, he gives a Smurf a gift that <laughs> explodes. <laughs> always. Like, how do they never... They never catch on. They're just going to always open a gift from Jokey. Are this you kidding one's going to be the real one. Then you have Grouchy. He doesn't talk much. He pretty much just says, I hate, insert whatever's happening at the moment. (laughs) I hate sleeping. Uh, But somehow he's the one that we love the most. Yes. You do see a softer side of him come out, though, in most episodes, especially with Baby Smurf, who we see later, and Smurfette. Yeah, because sometimes he'll be like, I hate being sad. You know, something like that. Where yeah. You can tell he's, he's actually feeling sad. Oh, I love Grouchy. Yeah. Anyway, then you have Vanity, who's obsessed with how he looks. And he's always carrying that mirror around so he can admire himself. You can identify him by the flower that he wears on the right side of his hat. He's very close with Smurfette. They're besties. And they bond over clothing and beauty tips. Mm. Then you have Clumsy. And you can recognize him by his southern accent and the way that his hat droops. And, of course, by how clumsy he is. Yeah. Uh, but he's also, like, sensitive and cheerful, and he always wants to help. And sometimes he's even been, you know, the heroic one saving the Smurfs from danger. So. Clumsily saving them. Clumsily saving, saving them. them. nonetheless. Exactly. They'll knock everything over. be flying through and hit something accidentally, and it'll save all of them. Right. Good job, clumsy. <laughs> then you have Greedy. 
So Greedy's the chef and a total foodie. He makes sure every Smurf gets fed, but he's also a bit of a glutton. And you see him get mad if anyone tries to steal or hide his food from him, for sure. There's one episode where there's a little fat shaming going on, and they make him exercise and force a diet on him. Yeah, he was hiding food in the floor. He had all his cakes and stuff like that in there. So there are over 100 Smurfs. I don't think I can name them all. No. But these are just the ones that are like at the forefront of the show. Off the top of my head, though, I can think of a couple others. There's Harmony, mm-hmm. I think Farmer, Architect. Can you think of any more? There's uh, Scaredy Smurf, who I like. Yeah. Who, of course, gets easily scared by anything. It could be an insect or the noise of a storm. He's he's always scared of something. There's also Baby Smurf, Baby. who we'll talk about in a little bit. But a stork brought him uh, on one of the episodes and... I think he was our favorite there for a little bit. He's so cute. And then there's Painter Smurf, who is a brilliant artist. He's uh, always got like a red jacket on with a black tie. He's always painting or sculpting or doing something. He also speaks with a French accent and refers to his paintings as masterpieces. (laughs) Does he wear a beret? I think he's got a beret on as well. I hope he does. Yes. If he doesn't, he should, but I'm pretty sure you're right. Oh, and then, like I said earlier, how there was a nanny Smurf. Mm-hmm. There's also Grandpa Smurf. Yeah. He's the oldest Smurf. And then they have those Smurflings that I was talking about who, again, I think I just, I don't know why I wouldn't have been watching in 1989 because it's how long it lasted. But anyway, that they live together in a playhouse that's made out of a tree stump. Mm. And their names are Nat, Snappy, Slouchy, and then Sasset, which is the other girl. What is Nat like? Is he annoying? I think Nat. I don't know. I don't I remember read these. these Nat like stood for natural. Oh, maybe yeah. Instead of I'm thinking like G N A T. Oh no, N A T. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I did read about them, but I I can't remember. It's been a while since I yeah. did the research. And of course, Baby Smurf. Then of course we have Gargamel. Yes. Did I say that right? I felt super southern. Gargamel. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So he's the villain. He's the wizard who lives off in his big stone house. And he has his cranky cat, Azriel. Yes, my favorite Azriel. And together they're always trying to capture the Smurfs so that he can either kill them, eat them, or figure out their magic that the Smurfs have and then turn them into gold. Gold, gold. Yes. <laughs> but his laugh and the noises that Azriel makes. Yeah. I mean, hilarious. I love him. They make the show. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about this a little bit earlier. The Smurfs got a little weird for us because in season two, they started bringing in all these other characters, mm-hmm. like human characters. I think we did see a little bit of Johan and Peewit come in. They're definitely my least favorite <laughs> part of the show, though. Like they, like when they, they got over to the human characters, I was like, what is this show? Because there'll be whole sections where it's just the humans, no Smurfs, and... It's awful. And they also have these random creatures like like mystical or mythical, sorry, yeah. mythical creatures like trolls and fairies and leprechauns and unicorns and ogres. I mean, yeah. that sounds great, but I just don't remember that when I think of the Smurfs. Yeah, and so here. it just felt out of place. And like, what are they doing? I just want stories about somebody breaking like Papa Smurf's vase and then trying to figure out how to put it together without yeah. knowing. Like, or, I just want really basic. Yeah, Gargamel <laughs> like trying to eat them. Right. Turn them into gold or use them to, to make gold, something like that. There was one episode that was there was like this whole thing with Smurfette and her relationship with like this unicorn called Blue Eyes. Oh, that Blue Eyes episode. I- it was so <laughs> weird. 
It's just so oh, blue eyes. It was so weird. <laughs> anyway, and the Smurfs universe didn't end with a cartoon in 89. Like, yeah. it expanded to film, as we know, advertising. They had freaking Smurfs on ice. Did they really? I'm super sad that I missed that. I know. Uh, another thing I'm sad I missed, Smurf theme parks. Parks, plural? Parks. That's a thing. Where were these at? Or do they still exist? Oh, I can't remember. I feel like one was in like Pennsylvania or something. Wow. It was almost like pop-up stuff, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I could be wrong, but that's how I imagine it to be. <laughs> I should do more research, but I think I'm just more bitter about the fact that I missed it <laughs> It all. was there, right, and we, we missed it. And of course, they have video games and merch, you know, as, know as you I, do. I don't know if I ever played a Smurf video game. I'm trying to think. Did they have like um the cabinets like you have? No, like, like I don't think they would have had something like that. It probably would have been on like the original Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Uh, so did you have any favorite episodes or moments? Yeah, for me, the King Smurf episode where- Which one was that? That's where Papa Smurf leaves for a little bit and Brainy seizes power and oh. sets up a dictatorship and Smurfette- creates like a band of rebels and they they go to war and they they build a whole new town and it gets destroyed they neglect the dam and everything starts falling apart it's like instant anarchy but it, it's great it would, you would like that episode I, I did like it a lot and just in general jokey and grouchy always crack me up yeah like i i love jokey always getting one over on people and doing the same exact thing and getting them every single time and it still makes me laugh and i'm grouchy of course uh like we were talking about earlier he's grouchy but always funny and i like it yeah and then there's Ezreal. i just love how sassy that cat is she got no time for gargamel and his nonsense and she will talk back to him in a heartbeat which is great give me your best Azrael. oh man what about you so my favorite episodes that we've watched there's one that's called smurf colored glasses Mm -hmm. you stole that one for me because i wanted that to be i didn't steal it you knew it it was my favorite (laughs) i think i watched it without you because you were like in the shower or something and then i made you go back and watch it because it made me laugh so much so smurfette had on these glasses that handy had made Mm -hmm. with magic to basically trick her into falling in love with him. Nice. And a big storm comes. Well, not we, nice, actually. You shouldn't do that. Andy. You don't tr- don't <laughs> no. win people over with trickery. No. Um, a storm comes and whisks her away. And so she waits to put the glasses on until she's away from him. Oh, that's so right. It it's kind like of the like, first, first person she sees when she has the glasses right. on she'll fall in love with. Kind of. Right? You just have to see them while you're looking through your glasses. And oh, so okay. if you're not, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I said she had them on, but- she had them, okay. and then a storm whisked her away, and so she never got to like put them on with handy around. So they're basically like rose-colored glasses or, mm-hmm. or beer goggles. Some beer goggles in a way. <laughs> so she instantly sees everything is good. Like she's in all this danger. She sees a spider who is about to eat her, but she sees it as like this cute little creature. And then, of course, she runs into Gargamel, and she sees them as this like handsome fellow, and she's all. Oh, Gargi, you're so handsome. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and then Azrael is the best because she looked, Azrael is a boy or a girl? Hmm. I don't know. I always thought Azrael was a girl, but it could be a boy cat. I don't know. Regardless, it looks like a sweet kitty. <laughs> and Azrael is definitely not a sweet kitty. No. And so, I don't know. I just found it to be a super funny episode. I, yeah, I, I love just love Smurfette's voice anyway. And so then she was just like, oh. 
Gargi, you're so <laughs> handsome. So cute. Anyway, so then there was Romeo and the Smurfette, where all the Smurfs were trying to win Smurfette's love. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? All of a sudden, they were all just like infatuated with her. Yeah, and like the, the whole town. The really traumatizing thing was that so was Papa Smurf. That was off-putting. Like, we were super grossed out by that because we thought that they all saw him as a father figure. Right. He's always saying, like, my little Smurfs. Yes. And all of a sudden, he's, like, trying to win her over. Yeah, he's hitting on her. He's working out uh, with Hefty so he can get strapped up so (laughs) Smurfette will think he's hotter. It's like, whoa. And then, like, even though she turns him down, he still goes back to working out at the end of the episode, which leads you to believe that he still has hope. Yeah. It was odd. It was definitely a one-off weirdo episode. You're just like, what? world are we in right and, now and i was just like why are none of the other smurfs finding this weird like <laughs> yeah. why is smurfette not finding it weird i don't know anyway now to the baby smurf uh yes exciting discussion We're building up to this one Sheesh. <laughs> anyway go watch it but it's called once in a blue moon and so baby smurf is delivered by this stork and they all just fall in love with him and the best part is that grouchy who of course is all i hate babies Initially, like, then he ends up bonding with him. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cute to see, you know, the softer side of Grouchy. Yeah, and we had a new Smurf, too, which was great. I feel like that was the new Smurf, the first new Smurf that we got for a while. Yeah. Well, that's it for the Smurfs, I guess. But it doesn't mean we're not going to go back and watch all the other episodes, because there is a lot. There is a lot. (laughs) I wonder if there is some guide out there that can tell us all the episodes that don't have humans People in it. Yeah. <laughs> other than gargamel i did find other than gargi other than gargi uh, i did find a site that rated all of them yeah um although they did have some of the human episodes on there so i would say all i would right. disagree but maybe there's some good ones that we've missed because there are definitely quite a few i hate humans <laughs> just kidding <laughs> most of the time now originally we had a different movie that we we're going to cover this week but we ended up selecting one on the fly we did well, you mentioned wanting to watch the new movie Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah. And we had just done a rewatch of the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a month or two ago, so it was pretty fresh on the brain. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden? Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. Uh, you seem to remember it really well when we watched. Yes. I didn't even know. Yeah, it's one that I quote or can quote quite a bit. You know, I don't know that I necessarily do, but I love it. It came out a bit later than the other stuff we've covered so far. You were a teenager, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. It was like 89, so I was 13, 14, one of the two, depending on when in the year it was. That's a good movie for a 13-year-old boy. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) I just imagine us doing the air guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just so great. So it's, it's 1989. It was directed by Stephen Herrick, who also directed... Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Three Musketeers, and the classic Mighty Ducks. Wow. Those are all three pretty good movies. They are. I mean, we got the flying V out of that, so, you know. (laughs) And Joshua Jackson. All of them are excellent. All of them are bodacious, except for Joshua Jackson. He hates Pacey Witter. Sorry if you know Dawson's Creek. He cannot stand Pacey, and I'm like very upset about it. I'm sorry if your name is Pacey. I just don't like that name. Which is very odd since your wife's name rhymes with it. Yes, but it doesn't start with P, and it's not Pacey. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like Pacey. If you're listening, Joshua Jackson. I'm fine with you, Joshua Jackson. I just don't like your character's name. 
<laughs> anyway, let's get back to the movie. Uh, so it's, of course, starring Keanu Reeves. Uh, yes. In the first role I remember him in as Ted Theodore Logan. You had uh, Alex Winter as Bill S. Preston Esquire. Uh, of course, you had the late uh, George Carlin, who played Rufus. He actually passed away, sadly, in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Hal Landon Jr. as Captain Logan, who was Ted's dad who was actually in all three of the movies as well. Mm-hmm. And you had Amy Stotch, who played Missy slash mom, who was also in all three of the movies. I loved that they were in the third one, too, because it had just been so long. It had. You know? And it was that movie was a lot of fun. Not everybody was in there, but uh, I feel like they got quite a few of them back in it. And yeah. It was a good time. We actually looked it up to see if... What's his little brother's name? Deacon? Deacon, yeah. If that if was the same guy. That actor. was the same guy who played him, but it, it wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, but yeah. So to summarize, you got Bill and Ted, best friends who live just outside of LA in San Dimas, California. There are a couple of dudes who dream of starting their own band, the Wild Stallions. <laughs> Wild Stallions! Even though they, of course, <laughs> not of course, but even though they don't have any musical talent, they're awful. They're also- I mean, hey, it just tells you, like, never stop- Believing. Never stop stopping. Or don't stop believing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop stopping. They're also crap students because they're about to fail uh, if they don't pass this specific report for their history class, which makes me think they're okay students. You know, if it's just like one grade to make you pass or fail, they're D students. You know, not the worst, (laughs) not the best, but it's fine. But if they fail this presentation... They fail the class and they're going to flunk out of school. I mean, I'm just glad that I never dealt with that in school. I made fairly good grades. Yeah. And I never had to deal with if I don't pass this one exam or one book report or whatever that I was going to fail the whole class. Like I didn't have that kind of pressure. Yeah, I I was really good in school until Mm -hmm. the second half of my senior year. I kind of mailed it in. (laughs) I kind of did the same. That was the first time I failed a class. I didn't fail, but it was the first time that I think I had a teacher contact my parents, which Mm -hmm. was weird because I was always in like gifted classes and things like that growing up. This was an AP English class and I wasn't living at home at the time, which was probably part of the reason why I was failing it, but I didn't do well in it. I got a a 65, which is technically on the line of passing failing, but it's the worst grade I ever got. (laughs) Anyways, but yeah, so they're crap students. And if they fail, or if Ted fails, Ted's dad is going to send him away to Oates Military Academy. <laughs> I love how you say it like that. Oates. Oates. <laughs> I can't even uh, do it. And they have to stay together because, of course, they're attached at the hip, but they have to be together because they're going to save the future. The wild stallions are going to save the future. Of course they are. Of course. Uh, a band, you know, 700 years in the future, the music of one band brings the world together. Makes sense. <laughs> Not the Rolling Stones. No. Not the Wild Beatles. Wild with a Y. (laughs) W-Y-L-D. Wild Stallions. (laughs) This point in the movie is where we meet Rufus. He comes from the future and gives them a way to pass their report. And what other way would he do this besides giving them a phone booth that can travel through space and time, which also makes sense. It's got like a little antenna on the top, some electricity goes through there, and then little science happens. Bam. I would love, speaking of going back in time, Mm -hmm. being able to go sit in the writer's room. Of like this movie when they're like, okay, what's your idea? John's like, I got it. It's a phone booth (laughs) and you can travel in time. John, brilliant. I love thinking about that. Like just the genesis of these wild movies that we watch. 
and accept them as yeah, what like, they this are. This is a good idea. Yeah. I'm picturing some dude stoned eating pizza by himself <laughs> thinking, oh, what could I do? I feel like that's the genesis of the idea, but I'd, I'd love to know it. I got to say, I really hope it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, the, the phone booth is their path through space and time. Bill and Ted jump in uh, to go gather actual historical figures so they'll have the most righteous history report ever. <laughs> so that, that's when the adventure begins. They go grab Napoleon. They grab Billy the Kid. They grab Socrates, <laughs> otherwise known as Socrates. Uh, so great. I love it. <laughs> Sigmund Freud, Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, Abraham Lincoln, and Beethoven <laughs> slash Beethoven. Uh while while on the trip, this is important for the, their whole you know movie continuity. They meet two historical babes from medieval England who are princesses, and spoiler alert, they end up getting married. How dare you! <laughs> they definitely delivered on that yes, history report. That is a good job. That is a good job. So yeah, let's talk about standout moments for you. What stood out for you? Well, I love the whole Missy thing, and, mm-hmm. you know, how she was their babysitter when they were kids and then a senior when they were freshmen. So they always saw her as the hot girl. Yeah. And then she married Ted's dad and he had to call her mom. I just every time he called her mom, I left. Like He'd call her Missy and then he'd be like, I mean, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the way they expanded that story like into the yeah. like even into the new movie. Yeah. But no spoilers. No though. spoilers. Um. And I loved when like Bill's little brother Deacon is hanging out with slash babysitting Napoleon yeah. <laughs> and they go get ice cream and they go to the water park. And they ditch him because they're like, this dude is not cool. Right. I mean, Napoleon's kind of a DHA in it. So I get it. <laughs> that he is. And then I just love the mall scene so yeah. much. Everything that happens. So when all the historical figures are left to hang out while Bill and Ted go to find Napoleon, mm-hmm. I mean, just madness takes place. You've got Joan of Arc taking aerobics classes. Well, she actually kind of takes, yeah, over, takes over the aerobics class. You've got Beethoven playing music in the music store and drawing this huge crowd. You have Billy the Kid and Socrates <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Freud, and they're all picking up girls in the food court. you got Genghis Khan destroying the sports store with a bat and he's mm-hmm. like taking off on the skateboard with all the sports equipment and Abraham Lincoln taking the old timey photos and the photographer like thinks that he stole the yeah. props that it's <laughs> not actually his stuff. It just gets super chaotic and they all end up getting arrested. Yeah. But it's a great montage. It is. It was fun. I love it. What are your faves or did I just take all of yours? No, you didn't take all of mine. Okay. I, I love when they're in class and they ask Ted who Joan of Arc was and he's like, Noah's wife? <laughs> <laughs> also in history class they call julius caesar uh the salad dressing dude yep and napoleon being a short dead dude which <laughs> just always cracks me up uh the billy the kid scene when they go back and get him uh they're at a bar in the old west they start playing a poker game and I, bill's poker face in it is hilarious he's got such a like mean serious face He's sitting there like smoking a cigar and he looks at it and he, he keeps telling Ted, he's like, you got to have your poker face on, dude. And then as soon as he looks at his card, he's got three aces and he's like, oh, three aces. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that 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 starts a, a big scene there. But that always makes me laugh. And that whole scene when they're at the Circle K and they're like, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I love that. That's, that's the first time they meet Rufus and their future selves and they do their air guitar and they have to guess what they were going to say. If they're like, if you if you're us. What are we thinking right now? And they're like, 69, dudes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
So do you have any big 13-year-old memories associated with this movie? Um, I mean, me and my buddy Josh would do a lot of quoting of this movie. I've just annoyingly done some. No, not annoying. It would have been very it's super annoying. Super impressive. Back then. I love it. So all the time we'd be like, shut up, Ted. And of course we'd do the air guitar like I just did. We'd be like, how's it going, Royal Ugly Dudes? <laughs> <laughs> and all of their other like 80s quotables, like bodacious, excellent. And I also really wanted to kick ass like Genghis Khan did in the mall. Cause I mean, he was really kicking butt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Now, you were only 10 when this came out, so it's kind of a little early for you, but uh, does it stir up any memories? I mean, I do remember watching the movies on VHS, probably with my sister, who was a senior in high school when it came out. Oh, was she? Yeah, so kind of perfect timing for her. Yeah? Sure, she had a big crush on Keanu Reeves. I wonder. We'll have to ask her if she did. I think she did. Well, I remember watching Point Break in the theater. Ah. And like, why would a 10-year-old go watch Point Break in the theater? I feel like he was more of a sex symbol at that point, though. For He had like a little That's window true. Uh, where Point Break specifically, they were just there to be hot and fall out of planes and stuff. <laughs> but watching it back as an adult, the mall scene just took me back to my middle school days mm-hmm. of going to the mall every Friday night. My friend Leah's mom would drop us off. And we would always have these certain things that we had to do every time. Mm-hmm. Like we would always get these cinnamon sticks. That you could get and dip in the cream cheese icing. But <laughs> there were three of them. And so if it was just the two of us, we would, you know, each have one and then split the second one. Yeah. Not the second one. The third one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous, but I just, we did it every single time. It was so good. Like we would just crave it all week. And it's kind of like the cream cheese stuffed pretzels at Magic Kingdom that I later I don't know that I've ever loved. had one of those. Oh my God. I've heard Sometimes like when I lived in Orlando. Yeah. Sarah and I, my best friend, we would go after work and just get a cream cheese stuffed pretzel. Yeah, because you guys could get into the park. Yeah, well, we had passes at that point. And then like watch the fireworks and go home. Mm. I loved that. A different Disney experience than most people, I would say. Yeah, well, that's the best way to do it. Because we'd go when it wasn't super crowded. and Just go live in Florida. You can go as much as you want. (laughs) Nowadays, though, I think it doesn't have a lot of lulls like it used to. No? There used to be times where you could go oh, times lull. of the year. I thought you meant like lulls, like laughs. Oh. <laughs>, <laughs> no, there's still all the laughs. Anyway, getting off topic. Yeah, but back to it. What was I talking about? The mall. Yeah, cinnamon sticks is what you you were just splitting up your cinnamon sticks. You'd have one, your friend would have one, you'd split the third. I would really like to have one of those right mm, now. They sound good. So we would always go to take a photo in the photo booth. Like every time you went to the mall, you'd go take Pretty photos? Pretty much every time. Oh, okay. I could see that. I mean, you're, you always think about I just like to commemorate yes. things. And I'm I don't know why we thought like a random Friday night in October needed to be like, you know. But I mean, now like I can open up a box. And you got them. And I have like little strips from the photo booth. They're just memories. There's nothing wrong with that. I love it. I wasn't criticizing you, by the way. I said that as a good thing. I love you. You should see how angry she is right now. She is I'm so. Not- <laughs> Put the knife down. What are you doing? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> What was the other thing? You made me lose my train of thought. You go to where next after you do your... We'd always go to the music store, record uh, store. Yeah, me too. And I always bought... <laughs> what? I just said me too. Oh. Wasn't that your nickname when you were little? Yes. My grandfather would always call me me too because anytime my sister would ask for something, 
I would be right behind her saying, me too, me too. And he'd be like, you too, me too. You're so cute. Anyway, so you also went to the music store. I, I think would. everybody did. But I mean, I would go and I would always buy a cassette single mm. every time I went. So I have quite the extensive collection of, singles. of cassette singles nice. in our attic right really? now in a box. We'll have to get a cassette player and rock those. I don't know why. Like, I think because they were like $3.99 or something. They were a lot cheaper. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's not like I had a ton of money as yeah, a 12-year-old. A, a full one would would have been like $12 or so, right, back then. Something. 10 to 10, Probably 10 but. Yeah, yeah $9.99, I, I could remember yeah. At the time, like, buying singles was the thing to do because it, that was what was playing on the radio. And I never bought a single ever. I only ever really? bought full tapes and or CDs eventually. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if the kids still do it, but it was a place that our parents, I think, felt safe letting us go and roam free. Mm. You know, we weren't going to go anywhere. Sometimes we'd meet boys or we'd go like to a movie because there was a movie theater there. Yeah. Or we'd eat food in the food court, obviously. You know, we'd run into friends from school. Like a hangout spot. I miss those days. That whole Friday night thing really only lasted through seventh and eighth grade because, yeah. you know, once you go to high school, then you have football games on Friday nights right. and dances. You're That's not going to the mall. It's a cool little like snippet into a, a short period of time. I know. You know it's, it's never been it's the probably same. so much fun when you were doing it. It was. And now I think we like, probably can't do it because, you know, parents are a lot more cautious. They are. And depending on the mall, like the, the mall we used to go hang out at occasionally, you don't go hang out at. That's but, so sad. Yeah, it is sad. I don't know about, I mean, I think the mall that I used to go to, you know, still has a lot going on at it. Was but, it Hamilton Place Yeah, that you would go to? Okay. Yeah. They have like better restaurants and stuff. I don't think there's a movie theater in there anymore. No, because it's like a Barnes and Noble now or something. Yeah, they did close That's that movie sad. theater. It is. That, I, I saw mean, so it, many movies there. Yeah. I threw up in that theater. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so sad. During Titanic. During Titanic? Yeah, so, so you, it was mortified. Yes. Was it around it was people? Packed. Oh wow! Out. That is awful. It was awful, and it wasn't like I was what sixteen or something, oh my and I was gosh. sick. Like I just had like a stomach bug. Holy mortification! It was the worst. I feel so bad for the people that were sitting in front of us because oh, you just think about around it. you. Well, and around us in general, but think about it. Like movie theaters then were flat. Were they were slanted. Little like slanted they weren't flat. Forward. They were yeah. slanted. Because like, you this? had to walk up a ramp. Oh my God. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like walking up the stairs. I and remember they... that theater. Yeah. It was the slanted floor. And Oof. so, you know, I threw up and you know, sorry to be gross, but it like, you know, that it started rolling down. That is, I can't imagine. Oh my God. Being... Did it hit their feet? Oh my gosh. It had to have. Oh. Did somebody I just have imagine. their like purse on the ground? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I feel so bad. That and is I the think worst. like I got sick in like my jacket. Oh. But then it, you know, I had oh to pick it up. Gosh. You know what I mean? Like and it came it I, it went everywhere. And Holy cow. So then I like went to the bathroom and like cleaned myself up as much as I could and I had my friend tell, you know, someone that worked there. Yeah. That I'd like, gotten hey. sick. I always sit, you know, halfway up and in the middle. In the middle, so you had to walk all the way past people with your jacket. Your puke jacket? With my puke jacket. Holy cow. But also, like, how disruptive was that? Because then we just left, you know? And so I'm just thinking, like, what went on after that? Did they have to, like, stop the movie and have people leave so they could clean (laughs) it up? You'll never know. If only we could find somebody that was at Titanic at Hamilton Place Mall, what year would it have been? 
Titanic came out I mean, in 99? I feel like I want to say like 96 or something. I think Titanic was 99. No, I was in high school. 99 was after that. I'm going to disagree with you, but generally you're right. I'm gonna, I want to say 96 or 97. <laughs> Let me see here. Might be uh, might be 97. That's probably a good call. It is 97. Good shot. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I was of course, probably... it was in theaters for like two years, though. I, I know. It lasted in theaters. For well, me. and let me say, too, that it wasn't too dramatic as far as like missing the movie because I saw that movie in the theater like nine times. OK, so that wasn't your first time viewing it. No. OK. No. My dad used to joke with me that I got seasick. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that such a dad joke? That is a absolute dad joke. Aww. I can hear that. <laughs> I love him. It's so cute. It could have been the cinnamon sticks. Oh, (laughs) all that cinnamon stick just all over the movie theater floor running into the old popcorn. And Uh, that that is I'd never heard that story. So that was (laughs) I wasn't planning on my mind. I wasn't planning on telling that story, but that just happened. Uh, Sorry about that. Well, that that sums up that movie um, toy wise this week. So I didn't have any Bill and Ted related toys. I mean, uh, did they make toys? Uh, they I bet, did. I bet they they have some. I went and looked. So I saw like Ken dolls, basically, of Bill and yeah. Ted. I never saw any of those toys back in the day. So I hope they had a I phone know. booth, too. They had to have, right? They, they had to have Rufus, Ted, Bill, and the phone booth at the very least. If they didn't, they were missing out. Yeah, Like absolutely. they missed an opportunity. Yeah. So I have to substitute this week with a non-nostalgic toy, just like an I don't want to grow up toy. Yeah. So I grabbed the new Black Series of Ahsoka Tano, which I was very excited about. In the beginning of Clone Wars, she was probably the most annoying character I'd ever seen. Well, the second most annoying character I've I've ever seen behind Jar Jar Binks. But she ended up growing on me. And now she might be my favorite good guy character. (laughs) I feel like she's your favorite. You talk about her a lot. I love Ahsoka. I think she's great. Uh, I was so excited when they 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 took like a four year hiatus and then finished the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And when they came back and finished, it was very focused on her in the end. And she had a really good story arc. Uh, and now I'm super pumped because Baby Yoda season two mm-hmm. is supposed to have a soak in it. She wasn't in the trailer. <laughs> I love that you just called it Baby Baby Yoda. Like not it's Baby Yoda season two, and, and it's not the Mandalorian. It's Baby Yoda. <laughs> I just looked at you like that was a real thing. That was a real thing. This is a separate <laughs> series called Baby Yoda. No, that's what I call the Mandalorian. <laughs> I call it Baby Yoda. So it's Baby Yoda season two is going to have Ahsoka Tano, and I'm super pumped. But the toy itself, pretty solid. She's got both her- yeah, she looks good. Yeah, she looks good. she got both her lightsabers. She has white lightsabers because she uses the light side of the force, but, you know, she's not that strict. That's what the color means. You know, she might maybe get angry occasionally oh. or not follow Jedi ways. But yeah, she's a good toy. If you get a chance, pick one up. What about you? And you got anything? You got any Smurf related toys? I do actually, but I just have the three little figurines. Mm-hmm. You remember the Smurf figurines? Yeah, I had a ton of them when I was a kid. I just started out with this one Smurf that I found on eBay, and I don't know which one it is because he's not really identifiable. It's, not like a name. it's just like Smurf. It's just a Smurf, and he's holding up a huge foamy. Beer, beer stein. Yeah, it's what? Wrecked Smurf. <laughs> a tipsy Get Smurf. Get Smurf. Yeah, tipsy Smurf. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, is the beer made of Smurf berries? I mean, you, I'm sure you can taste a hint of Smurf berries in there. If You'd you have like, to have. do the thing like we did with the beer tasting the other night. You have oh, to like, yeah, like slowly. go from the left, he said. Right, right. 
left to right. And there's some hints, yeah. some tones. Wait, is that some a thing? Smurf berry hints and tones? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but one of the beers that we tried, I said smelled like cat pee. Yeah. Because it was like mango flavored. Did it, you guys know that mango can smell like cat pee? It was wild. Because uh, as soon as you said it, I hadn't actually tasted that beer yet, but I pulled it up and then took a whiff and I was like, holy cow, you're right. That does smell like cat pee. I think the first thing I said was that smells like a litter box. Yeah. But and then the, the girl was like on a Zoom call. We were on a Zoom call. So they like sent stuff out to like get you to check out their products. And part of that was like, hey, check out our products and we'll give you free beers. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And they so, were like these high gravity beers, they like were. craft beers or whatever. So I mean. they had a guy on there for like a half an hour that was uh, walking you through on how to do a beer tasting. And he he was, of course, talking about the beer we were tasting then. And right when Stacy had said, oh, this smells like a litter box. I was like, yeah, it smells like cat pee. Someone popped up on the screen and said, it does smell like cat pee, except our microphone was <laughs> muted. So I was like, oh, my gosh, can they hear what we're saying? Like right we now? just looked at each other with the biggest eyes because the whole time we had been talking, who saying who knows what. Oh, yeah. And no had telling. it muted. Like making fun of stuff, maybe, or just oh, you know gosh. talking about other stuff. Anyway. But we were terrified or mortified that our mic was on or something, <laughs> but it was just a very, very happy coincidence. That we were just, it was confirmed that we weren't crazy that we thought it smelled like cat pee. Yes. But it actually tasted really good. It was good. actually quite a good beer. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I got the Smurf with the beer. And then I also got, the other two are just Easter ones. But when I saw them on eBay, I got so excited because yeah. I instantly remembered having them. Really? Smurfette in like a pink bunny mm-hmm. suit. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. So I snatched those up real quick. I also plan on getting the drinking glasses that mm-hmm. I used to have. I think the Smurf ones came from Hardee's. Oh, really? I loved collecting all the ones that you could get from the different fast food restaurants. Yes. It's so funny that that was a thing, like a McDonald's and Burger King. You know the ones I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We had the Muppets ones for sure. We had, I think, the Empire Strikes Back yeah. uh, series. I don't know if that came from... McDonald's or Burger. I feel like it was McDonald's, but I, I could be misremembering. I know we had Smurfs and Care Bears, Garfield, mm. Muppets, and now I want them all again. I know. And there was like so many. Each one had like a series of six glasses that you could get and they were painted differently. It was pretty cool. And I'm sure my mom, again, she just <laughs> she's just not a hoarder, you guys. And that's typically a good thing. Yeah. But not when you're a person who wants all the stuff you had as a child. Well, my mom is a hoarder. So the next time I go up there, she also keeps the toys. So she's got a lot of the toys that I grew up with. She claims them as her own, but they were given to me at Christmas. So I will reclaim them. And if you're listening, mom, keep your eyes open. (laughs) But then don't so that we can sneak it out. I'll sneak it all out of there and then I'll tell you about it. (laughs) And when it's safely into the sea. (laughs) Well, we did it. Another episode in the can, as they say. Yay! Thanks for listening, everybody. It was bodacious. Excellent. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Wait. Don't leave yet. We forgot to tell you how to reach us. If you want to send us recap requests or share your own nostalgic photos and stories, email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com or go to our website at we don't want to grow up.com. You can follow us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod where we'll share pictures of the toys that we talk about or from the stories that we share and some other fun stuff that we've been working on. You can join our Facebook group at We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. And you can head to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up if you want to help support the podcast. 
And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please, please, please be kind. And rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Or just be kind.